This is Twin City Song Story. I'm your host, Mark Sweeney. Sweetland the Musical brings a beloved Minnesotan film and short story to the stage. In this podcast, Perrin Post, Lori Flanagan Heggie, and Dina Maccabee discuss how a single moment from the short story became the song The Photograph. They also talk about how musicalizing the Northern Lights makes Sweetland not your typical musical theater. Stick around to the end of the podcast for a performance of The Photograph by musical director Matt Riley. This is Twin City Song Story. Hi, I'm Perrin Post. I am the producer, director, writer, many woman of many hats on Sweetland the Musical. I'm Laurie Flanagan Heggie. I'm one of the co-writers of this piece and the lyricist. And um, the song we are going to be listening today is called The Photograph. Face in the window. All right, this all started in 2000 seven when the movie came out. I went to see the movie and I, I just fell in love with the story. And a couple years later, um, I just, I didn't, I couldn't forget about it. Lori Flanagan Heggie, who is the lyricist and book writer with me on this, she, her neighbor across the street was in the movie, Patrick Coyle, who everybody knows Patrick Coyle in town. And um, we happened to be in the backyard talking with their children. And I said, you know, I really love this story. I love that movie. And I said, you were so great in it. I said, hey, you know, I'm thinking about making this into a musical. How would I get a hold of Ali, or or could I? And he goes, you know, let me put you in touch with him. So he literally just sent an email to Ali and said, Perrin, a friend of mine is trying to get a hold of you, and it's about turning Sweetland into a musical. And Ali got a hold of me, and we met for breakfast at the Blackbird Cafe. And I just, we had a very simple short meeting, and I said, I love your movie. I love the short story that Will Weaver wrote. Um, I would like to turn this into a musical. And not your typical musical, a a little bit more organic musical, um, or a play with music, you know, that kind of thing. He basically, he told me at breakfast, he said, well, I've had a lot of, um, I've had a few people inquire about kind of doing the same thing. and but he said I'll, I'll get back to you and so i waited like a day and he said he emailed me or called me i can't remember which <laughs> and he said he said uh, yep i like i like where you're going and i was like okay i said well, um all right i'll get on the contract so you know so it just all fell together very quickly so in the next 3 years it really was more about trying to find the right people to put this piece together. Uh, Found Laurie fairly quickly. She had worked on Hormel Girls um, at the History Theater with me when I had brought that idea to them. And so she, I just knew, I thought, yeah, she's got the right sense for this. And then we had talked to a couple different composers and kind of fell by the wayside. And I, you know, that those, those are disappointments at first. And then you go, no, no, you know what? The right fit will come along. And all I know is I needed a person who was passionate about this piece as much as we were. Her face in the wind. Hi, my name's Dina Maccabee, and I'm the composer for Sweetland the Musical. I was invited um, at the recommendation of a good friend of mine, Mark Orton, who composed the score for the movie version of Sweetland. We did a little Skype talk, and she, I don't know, we just all three hit it off. It's like we knew, this is it. And she did a sample song, and we went, yeah, this is it. 
And so we've been working together on this, Lori and Dina and I, and uh, it's kind of a trio made in heaven. <laughs> As I watched the movie and I listened, read the short story, and I was like, that's a song right there. That's a song. That line is a great line. That's a song. So I kind of gave an outline, shall we say, to where the song should be and what the idea behind the song is. And then I handed it over to Lori and Dina, and I said, I'd like a song about this. The song The Photograph comes at the time when, in the movie, this is a moment that we identified in the movie as being um, a moment where we would see Olaf's internal dialogue. As a character, he hasn't said a word. Or maybe he said just a couple words, but he's barely said anything. He looks through the window of this old-timey camera and sees her there. And the way Perrin has conceived it in terms of staging is that the movement goes kind of into slow motion, the actors who are on the other side of the camera are in kind of a suspended state of movement. But we have a window into Olaf's internal dialogue. And it's hopefully this moment of feeling his desire, which is suppressed, but also bubbling up to the surface and meeting a guy that we're not given the opportunity to meet otherwise. It also deals with the idea that their world is changing, that you know, technology as it, as it exists in that time is going to be changing their world um, and Ingo's arrival is a bit of a harbinger of that. Cinematically, we're able to do that when we see him on camera. But for our purposes, this music is the opportunity to hear and feel what his heart feels like. And um, Will Weaver even said, I had sent him the song, and he said, that's perfect. I always wanted something in that moment. <laughs> and I said, yeah, it just was a no-brainer. It's not a typical musical in that uh, it bursts into song the audience applause. It bursts into another song, da-da, audience applause. It's not that. Um, there is applause after some of the songs, but some of them we're keeping driving through, and we're literally, we're, we're just gone forward so that there isn't applause. The musicians are involved. They play several different instruments. It's a smaller ensemble, and that's why you need those instrumentalists coming forward and playing little funny parts, and there are some just straightforward songs like The Photograph that are a wonderful moment. It's also been a wonderful chance to delve into some traditional music. That's another another interest of mine is different kinds of traditional music, and I do play fiddle, so although I hadn't studied Norwegian music per se before this experience, um, I kind of used it as an excuse to dig into some recordings of Norwegian folk music, as I imagine some of the immigrants to Minnesota might have brought with them. The instrumentalists create the sounds of the barnyard, the northern lights. I said, as I, as if you close your eyes, you can you can hear what what's the sound of wheat waving. What is that sound? What instrument makes that sound? So those are my first instincts to try and pick out. And I, I knew I wanted it all string instruments for the most part because I feel like that's, number one, it's folk, Americana. Um, I love string instruments. But I also added an accordion. 
because I love the accordion. I put an accordion in every show I do, practically. Um, but it's also a funny instrument. It can make a lot of funny sounds, you know, when you need a heightened moment. It's almost like you can, you know, where, it's, where a comedian would get up there and get, get the boom boom bang on the drum. It's like, we can do that with the accordion, or we can, you know, we can create these sounds, a soundscape besides the songs with the instruments and the musicians involved. Really enjoy modal music. That is music that um, plays on certain harmonic aspects um, that are maybe a little bit more simple than a typical, you know, jazz-inflected Broadway show, but also have a certain kind of haunting, um, haunting modality to them. And um, I'm hoping to bring that forward in some of the songs especially writing for the Northern Lights. That's one of the places I'm most excited to realize instrumentally where we are sort of depicting the experience of seeing the Northern Lights. Now, Perrin has asked for something that um, is not in the movie, which is a Northern Lights moment. And when Perrin first talked about wanting this Northern Lights moment, it was a thing that would drive our, our main character, Inga, out of, out of the house where she was staying and into the... Uh, house where she belongs, it's a completely musicalized moment. And when we brought that to Dina, and she started playing it on her fiddle, it, I mean, it couldn't be more organic than that. And it's not set yet, but it's something that we'll be exploring in our workshop. But we know what the moment's going to sound like, and we know how it's going to affect us emotionally. And that I would call not your typical musical theater moment. Our, our challenge from the beginning is, Inga speaks German. And Olaf doesn't speak hardly at all. And I thought, how are we going to do this? So I, for early on, I came up with the idea of, all right, Inga can't speak English right away in Act 1. And she starts getting broken English around the way, on the way. But she can, in her mind, in her own mind, we can understand her when she sings, because she's singing in full English <laughs> and not German. But otherwise, she's got broken German when she's talking. Um, but as she sings, and it's her inner thoughts, the same with the photograph with Olaf, even though he doesn't say hardly anything at the beginning of the show. And it's, it's a very, we want those awkward, silent pauses between these two people that have just met, are supposed to get married, and are not allowed to marry. And now what is he going to do with her? They're, they're at a crossroads. And Olaf's inner monologue comes out through the photograph and seeing her for the first time through the camera lens. One thing I love about working in musical theater form is that it allows you those opportunities for emotional expansion. And there's a lot of quiet moments in this movie that were opportunities for us to expand emotionally. And that's... Um, You know, with there's language barriers or uh, emotional barriers, having the opportunity to, to musicalize those gives us the chance to really explore what those emotions are and follow along as an audience member, go along with the story. So actually, story really is king for us in this whole thing. We're really um, allowing music and movement to drive the emotional content of these characters. To get into the mind and the heart of a character, yeah, musically, because uh, um, in the film, all you have is the click, and Bronson says, "Oh, I wasn't ready yet." 
and we've created this whole song. But where... one, one thing <laughs> that is interesting in yeah. translating a film into yeah. this medium is that you have so much visual in a film. You know, you can yeah. have long moments of silence with all this visual imagery. So that's something that's been really interesting. How do we achieve that same sensibility? Because those are moments that we love about the film. The skyscape, the, um, the cinematic expanse, the emotional feeling you feel when you're watching this film. How do you translate that into a stage play and a musicalized piece? How, how, you know, so that's where, um, that's where that emotional expansion comes in for me. And that's how we identify those moments. You know, I mean, I think almost all of them were spots where you, you realize that it was, it was some moment in the movie, if there are things that we took from the movie. Not, not all of our moments are from the movie, but the, those that we did were kind of those visual images that just kind of spoke to our hearts. And that's the thing about this piece and that we've discovered in the development of the piece is that it does speak to people's personal histories and to their hearts. And they love it for that reason. And they have, uh, they have a lot of personal. Oh, what's the word when they're 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 very people are very personally invested in these stories because it's people always want to end up telling us where their grandmother and grandfather came from, and everybody has a story. It's everybody very universal. Knows. I mean, and it's totally universal. That's why this piece connects to everyone. And still, right now, I mean, people are coming here. It's different waves of immigrants, but it's the same story. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same. It's the same thing. Yeah. How are you understood? How are you not understood? What assumptions do people make about you because they don't speak your language or they're afraid? Mm -hmm. And now the photograph from Sweetland the Musical, as performed by Matt Riley. Mm -hmm. Her face in the window Shouldn't be staring So hard not to notice The look in her eye The crook of her elbow The way she is facing The chill in the air in the sunlight I shouldn't be looking so hard not to notice the wind in her hair the curve of her fingers the way she is moving against the blue sky not have asked her to come She must think I am a fool How could they be so unkind So cold, so cruel And I don't know what I should say to her Thank God Francis is here He makes her laugh I want to disappear 
smile in this moment I shouldn't be seeing So hard not to notice The strength in her face The curve of her lips And the way she is standing Such power and Thank you for listening to Twin City Song Story, recorded in the Piano Room at the Minneapolis Central Library, produced and hosted by Mark Sweeney with support from Minnesota Playlist and Noise Picnic, creative podcasts from creative people, with special thanks this week to Dina Maccabee. For more information about Sweetland the Musical, visit sweetlandthemusical.com. If you like what you hear, please rate Twin City Song Story on iTunes and spread the word. This is Twin City Song Story.